0: This week's episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're looking for a great cable with a 100-year warranty, head on over to sinusoid.com. Sinusoid Cables, they make cables. And smiles. You did it. I got you to do it. Yeah, yeah. I tricked just you. just giving up. This episode is also brought to you by Nanalog Audio. Yes, sir. Uh, check out Ryan's demo of the Nanalog Audio Wave Hopefully I've got the demo up. The plan is to have it up by the time
1: this episode is live. Uh, Also, they sent us two of these things. Yeah. Uh, That means we're going to give one away. We don't know how we're going to do it yet, so stay tuned. Uh, We'll have rules for whatever this contest is up at some point, and it's going to be a whole bunch of fun, and everyone's going to like it, and then someone's going to win a pedal.
0: You can check out uh, their stuff at nanologaudio.com.
1: I gotta say, if you're gonna win a pedal, this is a good one. This is a fun pedal to have around.
0: Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60's Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast.
1: All right, we're back at it, back in the saddle again.
0: Back in the saddle again. I'm back!
1: Is that actually a song? <laughs> it is a song. It's Aerosmith, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's Aerosmith. I've feel like we've had this conversation before every, this show. every time probably like every third episode we bring up that song <laughs> every time we say that we're back in the
0: saddle we bring up that song. yeah
1: which is like all the time it's yeah. such a common phrase yeah what's new with you steve <sighs> yeah me too i got nothing
0: <laughs> you <laughs> want right.
1: to get just straight into the episode boom bam let's get into it yeah first this first ad.
0: ad is sent to us by tyson carrie brennicombe this is a L. D. S. guitar. Uh, it says '60s Degas Strat modified body, dragon paint with case. Two hundred dollars. This was was this this couldn't have originally been a Strat body. It looks like it was originally a Strat body, but then the
1: ah uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know because like it looks the, like the butt end would, is a lot fatter than it should be.
0: Yeah, it's really it's weird. It's so
1: mangled, it's hard to tell, honestly. Uh, this is your classic 60 cycle hum bottle opener guitar here. Yeah. Where okay. someone cut just an yeah. awful shape into it, where if it was the correct size, you could definitely open a bottle with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we even describe the shape? It looks
0: like a s- friggin' spaceship. It's
1: a strap body, but the top and the bottom horns were cut off, almost going for like a Vox like teardrop shape.
0: Were, you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of something Ovation would have done.
1: Yeah, it's kind of Ovation-y. Uh, but then, like, a giant, like, earwig pincher shape is cut out of from the butt of the guitar where, like, the, the, the bottom strap button yeah. would usually be. Yeah. Uh, almost in, like, a weird, like, insect-like flying V sort of setup. But it looks like the body was extended out from the armrest in some way, like someone added wood in some sort of created fashion to make it fatter, make it wider. And then, of course, uh, kind of a, stranded, a standard strat pick guard here uh, with a three pickup loadout with three yeah, still, knobs. Yeah, there's just a whole lot of purple and added. a strat uh, output jack. Yeah, let's get to the finish. It's like this pur- it's metallic purple. purple pink spray paint with a green dragon on it. Yeah. Uh, the, you, at this point, you're probably already looking at the photo that's in the episode description. This thing is bananas. Yeah, it's just totally bananas. B A B-A-N-A N N
0: A. I N-A-N-A-S. knew you were going to do that.
1: I knew it. It's just a reflex. I got to call my bookie. He's got a payout for me now that you did that because um, I bet money. You on know, a friend
0: of ours uh, posted a thing the other day that was like, "What what are phrases that you hear that automatically trigger?" Um songs. Right. And that's I think that's definitely one for bananas. Me is saying like this is bananas.
1: Hmm. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what killed, was yours? What was it was your was your stop? Uh, I forget what mine was, but then
0: after I said it, I I thought of like three ones that would be better. Yours was like was like 911. <laughs> 911 is a joke, Steve. <laughs> and uh
1: So anyways, this yeah. thing has like a uh like an arrow-shaped headstock with more of this pink purple paint on it.
0: I was very confused Maple by the fretboard. thumbnail of this because I thought the star was part of the guitar. It looks
1: like the person who was behind the mangling of this guitar was also behind a custom uh,
0: guitar wall hanger that honestly looks like it's probably bad for guitars. I mean, as as weird as this guitar looks, like I feel like if this was in funk, uh, was in like Parliament. Oh yeah, like you'd just be like, yeah, whatever. No big deal. Oh, that was
1: another cool moment from Nam. I know this oh, isn't yeah. a Nam recap, but but uh, Bootsy Collins was walking around and as we were leaving Saturday night, we walked we were walking by like a tour bus, and all of a sudden Bootsy Collins and his whole crew unloaded right in front of me and started walking the direction I was going. I was literally an arm's length away from the back of Bootsy Collins, and I was like in the middle of his crew. Yeah. Like his posse, it's like we were part of his crew. It was pretty nuts, it was pretty nuts. I'm but pretty yeah, I sure could totally... I'm at least
0: 13% funkier now. I feel a lot funkier, yeah. But you're already like zero percent, so yeah, I'm... I need to go from zero to one percent as an infinite, it might not increase. even be one percent, but I'm definitely like a thousand
1: times funkier than I was before. Uh, but this guitar, I could definitely see uh, someone playing within vicinity to uh to all those guys whether it be Bootsy Collins or George Clinton any of the parliament funkadelic this guitar would fit right in uh pretty pretty weird I bet it plays just as fine as this guitar did before it was mangled. Mm -hmm. Uh, was there a price on this 200 bucks hell no Hell yeah. no. You wouldn't do $200? No.
0: Hell no. How do you know it's not awesome? Because it started out as
1: an off-brand Strat anyways. Whatever brand Eldegas is, I've never heard of it. He claims it's from the 60s. There's, n- I have no idea. I really doubt this is from the 60s. Mm. I'm going to guess late 70s at
0: best. I mean, Eldegas was like an old brand. I don't was know. I've never heard of it. Well, I was looking it up, but you distracted me. Well, look, keep looking it up, Steve,
1: and we'll find out together. Uh... This might be, if it is like an older guitar, this might be worth picking up for uh, like an even Honduro just to uh, harvest kind of vintage pickups out of it. Yeah. If those are the original pickups. It looks like they were uh, from the 70s. Yep. That was my gut. My gut reaction is that this came from a '70s guitar, just based on kind of like the way the fretboard looks. Right. It doesn't like I'd expect a like a a '60s Strat knockoff to have more of a harder edge look Mm. to the edge of the fretboard.
0: Yeah. And like a
1: thinner fretwork to it. Yeah. This is a '70s thing.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, you got anything else on this?
1: I don't. It's ugly. Go look at the pictures in the f- in the description in the episode uh, description. You know what I mean. Yeah. It's all on Imager. You can find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to tackle this topic. We yeah. went really long last week. We're going to go short this week just because maybe
0: we want to get out of here. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Nick Steinhofer says professional pedals versus amateur pedals.
1: I think this is a fun question just because I've never thought of it in that frame before, like I think I could have a much easier time telling you the difference between like a professional amp and a professional and like an amateur amp mm-hmm. or a professional guitar and an amateur guitar just because there's a line and you know, people can play all sorts of different stuff on stage. Like Jimmy Page used to play uh, old Silvertones and Dan Electros almost as a statement of like, I can play anything yeah, and make it work. Right. Even though tech, like the, technically those were student level guitars at the time. They have a cult following now, but they were, they were department store guitars. Yeah. Uh, but you're not going to see really anyone doing that today. There's definitely like a price point and quality point difference between a professional guitar. Well, I think the and first, like a student level guitar. Well,
0: the first question you kind of have to ask is like, what is an amateur pedal? Is that just like a home build?
1: Well, that's what I'm getting to is like pedals are different in the way where if as long as they actually function, yeah. Does it, does it matter to anyone? Like there's all kinds of pedals that, that people would consider like, oh, these are, you know, bottom shelf, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel, like cheap discount bucket pedals until they find out, oh, yeah, the Edge has one of these in his giant rack like unit that he uses for tours. And he's been using it on just one song for decades now and is part of his mm-hmm. signature sound because it functions and it gets him exactly the sound that he needs for that part like i think pedals are different in that way we're like a guitar you're interacting with it in a more hands-on way where it has to feel and has to give you performance right in a tactile sense and then the sound is more up for debate. I mean, I you could get usable sounds out of crappy pickups or guitar made out of all sorts of materials. But if you're not comfortable playing it, I think that's really the edge between mm. a professional and, and a student level or amateur guitar. Yeah. Where like a pedal is more like pedals live in an area where they are meant to degrade the original tone of the instrument. Right. And... If you find a cheap one that does it in an interesting way, who
0: cares? The only question is 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 it roadworthy or not? Right. And to go along with that, like I guess the angle I was thinking about it from is um, a lot of people because they like doing it themselves, they like kind of like the process of it, get you know really solid sounds out of like BYOC kits. Oh, totally. Which effectively, like, if you're not making a living off the building and you're just buying a BYOC kit and putting it together as an amateur then you are making amateur pedals. A
1: literally a literal amateur pedal.
0: So uh, one of the things um, along those lines is like if you're if you're building something then um, uh, that is like amateur obviously. Right. Then um then whatever, like, if it works, it works. One of the things that's kind of cool in that sense is, like, even if you're, like, seeing it on uh, your local Craigslist or whatever, um, excuse me, uh, you know what, like, that circuit history is, so at least you still have, like, some kind of conceptual starting point. It's not usually a complete, like, crapshoot I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I guess I've never seen it. It probably exists somewhere. Like somebody who's like, oh, I'm not really a professional builder, but I I I got this uh, mostly original circuit that where somebody's you know starting with a tube screamer and then making a bunch of tweaks to it. And right. in that case, like it's an original amateur pedal. But I think big picture, like you know, even if you're doing stuff on Vero board or whatever, like you're getting ideas from from that you can source back somehow where usually you can say like, Oh, right. Um, it
1: started as a, as a fuzz face or right, started right. as
0: a, uh, you know, a phase 90 or Yeah.
1: Um, or as a memory man. It's
0: actually kind of interesting. And granted, like I think because my, my work wasn't as clean as it could have been. Um, but do you remember years ago, um, when I tried to build that, That blend for you, uh huh. Um, And did it? Did you? When we put it in the bigger case, did it work? I don't think it works. I couldn't figure it out.
1: Um, I should hand that to you tonight and be like, "You." I don't have time to. Okay, we won't do anything with it then.
0: Uh, But when we first attempted, so basically, I was trying to build a. And at this point, honestly, like, who cares? Just buy one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Exactly. um, But at the time when when we were first when we were first talking about it, like, and I found that I could only find one company and they had just started making it, uh, making a, so what it was is a, um, a blend, uh, like a blend circuit, like a buffer blend circuit. Um, if you're familiar with listeners with the, uh, I believe the pedal is called, um, the mosquite, from um, one the company's called one control uh-huh. I think uh, the one control mosquite um, mosquit bl- oh blender that's what they're called it's a right. blender it's a, a what to blend wet and dry effects uh, apparently it has a uh, there's one that's the mosquite blender with BJf buffer um, so basically what it is is a single knob, um, blender Well shoot Even the one that they You keep sp- saying Blender Over and over again I'm yeah, waiting, waiting for you To get no, to the next part Of the story So actually Steve. what's funny Is the one with the with the uh, BJF buffer version That sells on reverb Is like way bigger Oh it's got an expression out That's why Oh uh, okay But it's like a full size box Yeah I could, I definitely think If from the get go I tried to put that circuit In this box I, I would have been able to do it Right right uh, But I was trying to put it Into a finger enclosure uh, which is generally reserved for, like, tap tempos. Yeah. Um, and it was just all a jammed finger up finger enclosure in
1: there. is pretty small to jam four jacks in it. Yeah.
0: Sure. Um, this was a simple one. They actually – there there's no price on their website, but I think it was, like, $120 or something or uh-huh. something crazy. But um, it worked a couple times at least. I think it,
1: it I think it worked in the finger enclosure and then it stopped working and then you put it into the big enclosure and I couldn't figure out which jack was which.
0: Oh, which is like a I think lot I just like had
1: bad labeling. A lot of troubleshooting to try to figure out with four jacks.
0: Like right. it's really I, I hard think to get I it had, right. I think I had bad labeling when I transferred it. Right. Um, I think originally that my labeling was clearer, so that's. But I think I tried
1: those. everything possible, and I couldn't get it to work. So who knows? But that is an example of an amateur pedal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what we're getting at here. Um, and Another that amateur means- pedal is your ring modulator that has never worked.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it it just bleeds, you know. But yeah.
1: It bleeds like blood comes out of it? No, it's like... like it's a, like, a, like a Ash versus the Evil Dead situation? Oh gosh.
0: You know, the thing with that one is even when it's in bypass mode, you can still hear the ring mod. Oh, really? Like, it's <laughs> it's super faint, but it's that got some kind of, That is an amateur like, pedal. Yeah. So, that's kind of, like, the risk of it. Um, that one's super cool. I've, gee, I need to make some time, But, like, time, can you know?
1: we just say, like, there's no, like, commercially produced pedal that is... An amateur pedal—that's the the,
0: right. the heart and soul right. of this.
1: Like you could buy a Lion by Washburn plastic case pedal, or a Behringer plastic case pedal. Uh,
0: that's a professional pedal.
1: If you can, if you have a use for it in your professional rig, in yeah. your professional set, in your professional recording si- situation, that's a professional pedal. Its use determines whether or not it's professional. Well, now, if you're in a bedroom. And you're not doing anything but recording little jams, and you don't make any money playing music. That all your gear is amateur, because you're amateur, and there's nothing wrong with that. the The, the
0: entire industry is built on hobbyists. Honestly, I want to say your gear is amateur just because you're an amateur player. That, I mean, <laughs> I know that's... I, I don't feel like that's what the whole.
1: That's not the spirit of the question. question. I yeah, mean, I like, know.
0: in that case, like, man, Earthquaker is a super amateur brand. Well, every brand is amateur if you yeah. think about it that way. Uh, you know, but so, I'm,
1: what I'm saying is that the use of of the equipment is amateur or professional. Right. Like as, I think long also as it, like as long as it functions, anything could be amateur. Or I professional.
0: guess like I completely read this as like, oh, you know, if I'm if I'm on. Like, is uh, there
1: any pedal that a, a professional would never use?
0: No, I mean, I, I read this as like, you know, you go on reverb and you look for, you just search for a reverb pedal and you get like what, what I had for a bit, which was a one knob belt and brick okay. kit, like kit or whatever that somebody put together. Like that's an amateur build. Like it, it looked decent. It was simple, but there's no branding associated with it. It's just something someone put together and then sold for $40 or whatever. Like that's an amateur pedal. It's not something that somebody's building professionally as their full-time job or even as like their part-time job. It's just somebody who is doing a th- doing a thing. Right. I I read it more as like use of
1: the pedal. You read it more as like production. Oh, of the pedal. from
0: yeah, from a use perspective. I mean, the Dan Electro Tuna melt was on a John Foreman's board For a, a while Like Sure Does that make the I guess that's a professional pedal For him At least back in like The early 2000s Yeah um, So that's That's a cool enough thing But You know I wouldn't limit it um, um, That to anything At the same time Like You know There's pedals that you see On people's boards Where you're like how How do they even make that work <laughs> A lot of loop controllers You know Let's uh, let's
1: jump into the next ad.
0: Let's rip right what through. What is the next ad? It's the Roni. Oh yeah, Roni. My, An Oceana. Little, Roni. My Oce- little Roni. Oceana. Oceana. Yeah, this is a How Roni do you it? Oceana. I think it's Oceana. Uh, this is in Mooresville. This is at, this guitar is actually on Mooresville. I'm gonna guess that's in Texas. I think it's in Indiana. Mooresville, Indiana. That sounds about right too. Um, I'm not a. I have no idea. We're not a we're not a geography yeah, podcast. People um, don't says, know anything about where things are. A dream instrument of mine became available and I'm posting my Rony Oceana to try to raise funds. Price is firm, and if you know what this is, you know what an amazing deal that is. Mahogany set neck, uh, all nitro one off Sahara Sparkle Burst, White Binding, Mastery Trim and Bridge, Roadhouse P eighties. It is gorgeous. I don't uh, remember ever seeing this finish before. Yeah, and it is stunning. It's like metallic too. I don't know if you can tell that in it's this like photo.
1: A burst from like a light,
0: like fatty
1: salmon color. Yeah. <laughs> to a bright red. And then if you're familiar with this this model guitar, there's a really thick beveled edge on it. Mm-hmm. And that beveled edge fades from that bright red to this like burgundy like black cherry mist Yeah, that is the whole thing is just stunning i think this is the best finish i've ever seen on a Roni before and he did great finishes i would super be seen on stage with this this is stunning uh Ronies come up used every now and then uh stopped being a brand for a while because uh paul Roni went to work for veritas mm-hmm and it sounds like he's starting to work on a new brand again for himself.
0: Yeah, so it's called
1: Danger Brand. Danger Brand. Look it up on Instagram. I is that right? Danger Brand? I think so.
0: It's something like that. Uh, so I've still here, got... Check this finish out.
1: Oh, God. It looks so, so if good. If you look on,
0: if you look for Re- a on Reverb.com, uh, this guitar is $1,800 oh. for local pickup. It's for $1,875 plus $100 shipping on Reverb. But maybe uh, you can talk, walk him down and be like, hey, I, I, tell him I heard about your ad on 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar podcast, and they said that you have it for $1,800 on Craigslist. So I was wondering if you would honor that price on Reverb. Oh, man. Oh, I bet he would on Reverb. But it just looks
1: stunning. I think this is a prime example of a Rony. Like if I was going to pick a Roni to like buy right now, this would be on the list for sure. Just incredible! Man, you just
0: said "Ronnie" like five times. I,
1: hey, man. Hey, cut me some slack, Jack. See, I got some funk in me. There's, that was a little, little bit of a, a little funky slang, there, huh? Oh yeah. Hmm. What do Talk. they call that? What is jive? jive. Oh, was, was I talking jive?
0: Uh, <laughs> I'd rather not answer that. I'm so white.
1: <laughs> but anyways, yeah, just beautiful. Uh, I think the price is totally fair. Yeah, so I'm sure t- he's. I'm sure he's losing a bunch of money on this. Uh, oh, by the fair, person who bought it. By fair, I mean this is a good price for you, the buyer.
0: Yeah, it's tough because uh, you know. This, Any... is, this is one of these guitars, there's a few ronies on, there's four ronies on uh, Reverb right now. It's hard to set a precedent with, with small builders. Yeah, uh, two of two of them are the Oceana, is it the Oceana Supreme I think was the model, uh-huh. Uh huh. which is the uh, Oceana with, that was the semi-hollow version. Um, and then the other, the fourth guitar on Reverb was the Oceana Junior uh, single pickup. Oceana, which and that one's only I think 12 or 1300. Only Uh, that's Bad Hand Tim's guitar has been up. Oh, yeah, you know, Bad Hand Tim. Nope, Bad Hand Tim, Bad Hand Tim, Bad Hand Tim. He's at Cowerfest like every year, and he has a bad hand. He has a bad hand, he always like wins a guitar. He's like the I probably know if I saw him, he's like the winningest guy. I
1: don't recognize him by that name. Okay. Um, but his ten, store on reverb but is bad hand, Tim. A, a 10 by any other name is, you know, cause still it smells ten. So sweet. Uh, I've got the, the rony little stinker still. Yeah. That guitar is
0: fantastic.
1: And that was supposed to be like his budget line. Yeah. So this oh, is, th-
0: um, this is a guitar, not from his budget. I line. need to get that guitar from you tonight. I think. Maybe oh, what are you going to
1: do with it? Play it. Well, damn, Steve. Yeah. That's a good idea. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Take it, take it home pew, with you. and Go play with it. Um, yeah, I'm just enamored with this guitar. How tore up are the strings on it? It might need a new set. All right. Uh, yeah, no big deal. But anyways, uh, we don't usually cover guitars that we think are fantastic. Usually we're talking about junkers on here. Yeah. And and weird things. This thing's super cool. Yeah. I just needed to talk about it.
0: All right. Next topic. Yeah. It's, uh, Tavo. Uh, I don't know if you have the ad on hand to actually read it. I screen grabbed it. But uh, basically... No big it, deal. It says...
1: Well, let me read it. I've got it right here. Uh, Ryan's going to read. Why do you spend $2,000 on pedals while playing crap $500 amps and Squire guitars? And I think he was asking it a little bit facetiously, but I think it's a fun topic. Yeah. Uh, do you have any first thoughts on this?
0: Uh, yeah. Um I don't think my pedal board's worth (laughs) $2,000. Mine probably, mine definitely is. Mine probably exceeds that
1: right now. Um, I've got a lot of stuff on there. (laughs) But my my first initial reaction to this was, yeah, a pedal board can be worth $2,000. But the vast majority of people didn't spend $2,000 all at once. Right. They spent $200 at a time. And if they've got a $500 amp, uh, you know, that's what they had money for at the time. And they probably have a Squire guitar, which is, you know, like another like $300 or something like that. We're talking of, you know, someone who has a $2,000 amp, it doesn't mean that they spent $2,000 all at once. It means they spend a couple hundred dollars at a time every now and then, probably because like most guitarists, uh, our paychecks are about that big. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. Well, so you um, get a you get a paycheck and then you can buy something. So the the other thing to go along with that is like pedal boards like you said they're kind of built like piece by piece and um also like if you think about each each part of a rig as like singular function right then it all just comes down to how many things you you want to do. So, I mean, in theory like if you're buying like higher end pedals Basically, like, you are buying, like, to get to 10, like, say...
1: Well, there's brands out there where if you buy four pedals from that brand, you hit 2K. Right, right. But and, then there's and other brands not, out there where you really got to work to right. spend so, 2K. So, say
0: you have, like, a mix of high and low and stuff. So, you probably are averaging, like, $150 a pedal. So, you get 10 pedals in and you've got a $1,500 pedal board. But each one of those pedals is doing, like, a singular thing. So, if you think about... Each part of your rig as a whole doing a singular thing. Electric guitar is doing one thing. Right. Like it's effectively maybe like – yeah, you've got different pickup settings and whatever. But it's a bass tone – like a, a bass level tone generator. Not
1: bass guitar. But yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: like a bass level to- – like a basic tone generator. Basic. That's there's guitar. the word. There's, I was like how is Steve going to yeah. communicate what he's trying your to say without saying bass? Your amplifier is a basic tone amplifier right like it's it's it's
1: your foundation amplifier
0: (laughs) yeah so it's taking your generated tone from the electric guitar and it's amplifying it so if you think about a pedal board that way like each unit is its own brick so your distortion pedal is you know your your uh gain tone generator and you've got a delay tone generator right whatever and Sometimes you want like to stack those things together. You can't stack electric guitars, but you can. Fender st- did it. But you can stack. Man, 2018. You can stack, um, you know, pedal sounds together to make different pedal sounds. But each one is doing a different thing. Your electric guitar is just going to make electric guitar sounds. You only really need one right. way to generate that each at one of a time. The, each one of these things is a Lego
1: piece, you know. It's, it's a building block.
0: Right. So, you know, you pay two hundred dollars for the red piece and three hundred dollars for the green piece and fifty dollars for the yellow piece and your tuner is the clear piece that's on the side that like you think is really cool and you probably spent way too much on. I don't know. Yeah. Uh definitely and should be thrown out of new wall.
1: volume pedals and they all do the same thing, but they just feel a little different.
0: Yeah. Um, so you so you, you have, have to upgrade like... your
1: patch cables. Because your old patch cables are not in style and you want to mm-hmm. get those new patch cables that are in style.
0: From... Sinusoid
1: slivers. Go check them out. <laughs> all right.
0: Um, so thanks for no um, so I so I think that's kind of like the answer to I think is one, like you said, like it's piecemeal. You're not spending like a chunk of uh, like a big chunk of money at a time, you're buying a thing here and a thing there, and you're right, you're slowly like maybe upgrading piece and by I, piece.
1: I think a lot of people would love to spend big money on guitars and amplifiers, but like I said, it's you know, there's a big chunk of your paycheck, and a lot yeah. of musicians are kind of check to check as it is. Well, like I, it's you have to have a different life plan set up to go drop 3 grand on an amp.
0: I think the other side of all of this is that um you know a lot of a lot of guys now are taking these $2000 or $1500 or whatever rigs that they've put together over years selling everything off and just getting a Helix. <laughs> that definitely happens these days.
1: I don't know if that's a good investment in the long run. Maybe it is. Well, I when we first started doing this show, I was Hypothesizing that, like that, it that digital wasn't a good investment in the long run, but in the entire time, the four years of doing this show, we still haven't seen Strymon pedals drop value like I thought they would. Yeah, I yeah. think I think maybe digital's finally come into its own where this stuff retains value better
0: than it used to. Well, I po- think it depends. Like pods
1: have fallen through the floor.
0: I was, yeah, I, so what I was gonna say is I think it depends on the digital because, like, as you know the. The Axe FX 3 comes out now. Now the original Axe FX and the Axe FX 2 yeah. are going to lose value. Or like the the Helix LT is going to affect the value of like the Helix. You, or the right. Helix LT is a smaller version. And that
1: doesn't typically happen with analog effects. No one goes like, oh, the new Tube Screamer is out. Now my old Tube Screamer is worth $50 less.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's gonna, that's going to kind of like vary and you have a lot of different competition uh, there. The only thing that really like hurts – the value of like a first version of something is if the same company comes out with a v2 you know um if
1: but with analog effects even if there's a v2 the v1 is still desirable if it is good it didn't lose anything it's just the v2 has a slightly different flavor where it's like you go from max effects two to three and the processors are a billion times faster. Right, right. More, there's more functionality to
0: it, and this and that. I think there's kind of a yes and no there. Um, I, we I, are on a totally I different do, topic now. No, we're on the same topic. Okay. Can uh, you say so Steve? I do. I, I agree with you to to an extent on that, um, but I think I do think like, I mean, when when the with just recently when Walrus came out with a bunch of or was about to, or had already released a bunch of V2s, they blew out their V1s. Sure. And the used value on all those V1s, I guarantee you, took a hit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you, you, yeah. you're you not going to sell an Iron Horse V1 for $110 when you can get a brand new blowout at $99. Like, that's going to wreck the used value. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but as far as, like, the digital stuff goes, like, I think with the Strymon stuff, they did – the single engine uh, driver for like a delay or whatever so well that until a competitor comes along and knocks it off specifically, like you're not losing it. Like they the thing that's different about those is something like the timeline or the Flint basically came out and created a broad industry standard but they're well, also think, specific the key, in that in that it's a delay or it's it's a reverb and right. delays and reverbs have been digital for decades. I think they, and the, they've held value because the RV3 yeah. has a similar value now that it had when when it on the used market like ten years ago. I think the key here, the question you have to ask is, does
1: it still sound good? Because the the digital stuff that hasn't aged well in the past, it doesn't age well because it. Like people start to realize, like uh, this doesn't really actually sound right. So good. I think
0: the the question is now is like if you take your two thousand dollar pedal board and you sell it off, it, are the digital multi effects options right now good enough that like this this uh, Line Six Helix is the last uh, pedal board you'll ever buy, you know? right? And and ultimately whether or not the two thousand dollar pedal board is obsolete really comes down to whether or not people. Think that those sound good enough that you know it's the last piece of gear they'll ever buy. It's but, like the stone, sure. It's like the Stonefield base of uh, but pedal boards. I th-
1: the soul of this question is why don't people spend more pe- more money on their amp and their guitar? Let's because let's, uh, let's attack it from that direction, right?
0: And so I think from that it, it's single. It's about single unit purchasing, right? And people who are more patient. Might do that. But like you said, like if you can, if you can uh, say you, your income is such that you have the expendable room to buy, to spend $200 every two months. So basically over the course of a year, you can put together a $1,200 pedal board one piece at a time. So every two months you're buying something new to, new to mess around with. But if you want a $500 amp, you now have to save money for three straight months before you can get an amp. But in this scenario, the $500 amp is the crap amp. Right. So that's what I'm saying is you have to save for 3 months just to get the crap amp. Right. So if you want like an equivalent, like say a $1000 amp, you are saving your money for for almost an entire year. You yeah, have to save totally. your money for 10 months. Yeah. in order to get, you know, a $1000 so amp. So you can
1: you can have fun exploring a new piece of gear every 2 months or you can hunker down and wait a year or something to be able to afford one new piece of gear to have fun exploring. yeah, And that when you break it down like that, like for people who are our age and younger, who are exploring gear the way that it's being explored now, mm-hmm. like you, you can kind of get a picture of how that works. Um, another thing to think about is that people use amps in a very different way now yeah. than they used to. Like I think, Kind of, I don't want to call them old timers, but the old timers—that's uh, ages—they grew up in a time where the way you got great tone is you got a you know a Marshall full stack, and maybe there was a fuzz pedal in between or a uh, or a treble booster or a wah, and then you had like the best Les Paul mm-hmm. or American Strat you could buy, and now it's all flipped, because the tone was just in being loud and like working components to their limit, like just superheated with electricity and current and like just everything, like just being extreme, you know, and that produced very rich, saturated tones. That's not really the trend in music. Now that's not the style of music people are making. Like, like music isn't oriented around these giant searing stadium sounds. Now it's more like, you know, cascading delays and, light overdrives. And when the fuzzes are there, they're, you know, they're there for texture and effect. They're not the entire song. Mm -hmm. Uh, and because people have really leaned into pedals, our needs for amps are very different. Like a good amp these days, isn't a giant stack that you're going to run all the way to 11 to hit full tube saturation. Right. A good amp now, uh, has a lot of headroom for whatever you're doing with your pedals mm-hmm. but then n- isn't necessarily high wattage and it doesn't need to be super expensive because you're not saturating the components you just need it to you know represent the frequencies that you're trying to put into it
0: right so you have a bit of a focus shift there that that makes sense you have i think you have overall um i think with the the rise and um import manufacturing you also oh, have a the, lot for like the weekend warrior player you have a lot more options the quality of for like cheap budget, guitars budget for now budget amp so we say like a 500 phenomenal. we say like a 500 amp but a 500 amp is a pv classic 50 hey man this is two it's that's a hot rod deluxe
1: that's two boss katana 50s and i've been gigging with a katana 50 you got
0: that's two boss katana 50s now. and you have a hundred dollars left over exactly to buy a pedal
1: To buy half a katana fifty. You got two and a half katana fifties for 500 bucks. Is
0: that a two katana fifties and a katana 25? Yeah, something like that.
1: (laughs) One of the mini katanas. If you
0: put them all together, you got a katana 125.
1: Yeah. No, but like there are cheap amps these states that just sound fantastic and are great pedal platforms. And there's not unless you want something really specific, there's not a whole lot of reason to spend a ton of money on Mm an amp i mean i'm I'm currently drooling over the amp by uh by milkman amps, which oh, is yeah. gonna be seven hundred street
0: i think yeah actually uh, tim uh like a week ago, well, like the day we're recording which yeah. was now uh, over a week ago uh six ninety nine pre order for that i believe at six ninety nine so they are on sale right now, but that's not even that's not a complete amp it doesn't come with speakers, so that's like not fully sure, signed. sure, but, but I mean, if you're
1: running direct. After you add a cab, you're you're easily into eight hundred dollars
0: for that thing. Yeah, oh, we, should, we should have talked big... about a, a was it a full range frequency response. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I think it really just does come down to a shift in values, yeah, for what people need from their rigs and how people are playing now. And uh, like we said, the realities of you know people buying to have fun. Like every couple months, they get themselves a treat and they're exploring something new. Yeah. And it also comes down to it's a lot harder to ship amps and guitars. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to ship pedals and resell them after you bought them and do a bunch of experimenting. It's also a lot harder to hide amps and guitars. That's 100% true. Like if you buy a new guitar every two months, your wife is going to notice. I might be fine with her. It might not be, but yeah. uh, it's also a storage issue, which is something I've been running into. Too much stuff around here. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to store guitars and amps than it is pedals. So you just need a uh, Doug Cower rack for all the amps and guitars. Yeah, I guess it's they hold for the, the guitar. guitars. But where do I, He needs a rack for for amps now.
0: Yeah, that's what you got a garage for. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, before we uh, hit this last ad, let's uh, take a moment to thank our sponsors this week. Uh, Nanolog Audio. Uh, They make the wave function drive. uh... They also make a fuzz and a
1: distortion pedal that has the same, like, switching between various uh, clipping circuits, two of which have their very special nanotechnology that uses quantum tunneling to uh, clip your signal. If you want to send your signal into another dimension and then back again, To get that perfect overdrive, distortion, or fuzz tone. I'm not sure that's what... Check out Nanalog. I'm not sure that's what quantum tunneling is. You use Nanalog pedals, it's going to send your tone into another reality where it's going to have to do good deeds for the person that it's uh, taken over for. It's like a quantum leap joke.
0: Oh. This
1: episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid Cables. They make cables. And smiles. And they make this show possible, and that's a big enough reason to support them. All right, let's do this last ad. This last
0: ad was sent to us by Aaron Abubo. Uh, This is a GNL ASAT Telecaster uh, 1987. It's on reverb.
1: I don't know what happened to the price. Yeah, we don't have the full screen grab. But the
0: description just says, yes, somebody did something to the finish. Some may love it. Some may hate it. It plays good. Yes, they did do something to the finish. Uh,
1: this looks like a nice ace out to me. It's a shame that someone did something to the
0: finish. Yeah. But it's not the worst. It's not. Um, I, I mean, it would kind of depend on how it's f- it, how it feels, I guess. Someone
1: definitely attacked the finish with an orbital sander. Like a handheld orbital sander. And they didn't take off all the... They didn't take off the pit guard or some of the hardware. So it's kind of splotchy around everything. Yeah. You could but say that. But there's something kind of like wild about it in like a nature sort of way. Like you could play this like around like wild animals the, on a safari and it would look like it was at home. And mm. like there's an animal print thing going on with it. I don't. It's weird. I don't hate it. It's definitely a very unnatural relic. Yeah, but then you can tell it's not someone trying to do a relic. It was someone who got bored and had an orbital sander and made a mistake,
0: and left the Uh, made a very large and left the
1: guitar in a playable condition. You could buy this guitar and. Take everything apart and then continue to strip it, and I think it would look good.
0: Like it doesn't look like he right, attacked the sides. Right. it doesn't look like, damaged too the much. Neck. The part of the neck that you can see in the picture looks like it's in pretty good shape.
1: And it's got those cool G L style pickups, like the big fat single square pickups, and it's got the really beefy old style G L bridge with black hardware. It looks classy. Right. I think. I think if if I was to pick this up, I would take the neck and all the hardware off. I would finish the sand job on the top to clear the black paint, and then I would just leave it i would put it back together right, and I would leave let's
0: it. Let's uh put this out there then. Um how much would you pay for this? Did you find the original price or something? No, I haven't.
1: Okay. Oh man, what would I pay for this thing? I would use the damage as a bargaining chip. For okay. sure. Um I don't know what this would go for in good condition. I'm guessing 600-700 for an 87.
0: Um I would say Gino Asats their pricing doesn't really vary that much. I would say a thousand dollars is the lowest you would expect to pay for a okay, whole okay. GNL. All
1: right. So if a thousand dollars is the lowest for a good condition, use GNL, I would probably want to be in the four hundreds for this. Maybe high 400, 475. seventy five. All right. What if
0: I told you that this person is still asking a thousand dollars for this? No. Product? Um, I would say no. I'm trying to work out some some fancy math. Yeah, let's see. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna say that. Um, from what I can figure out, is um, it like an
1: like a out of country price or something like that? You're trying to do the conversion?
0: No, I'm doing something really fun. Um, well, tell me about it, Steve. They, I'm gonna say that they're asking about $900 for this. Is this is this like? Are you making that up or are they? No. I, they are. Okay, so if you look at Re- me in, dude, at reverb and you're looking at different prices. Like for a $700 guitar and reverb, it says uh, you can use a firm to buy with monthly payments as low as $62 a month. So that's for a $700 guitar. That works out to. Um, like 11 months of payments, basically $62 a month. It's, it's probably like a 12 month plan, is what it is. So, Why I'm the, are you
1: bringing payment plans into this
0: because that's the only pricing indication we have on the ad is where it says as low as $80 a month. So, what I'm saying is, I'm oh, looking at that and trying to figure out because we what don't their, have okay. what their payment terms are. So, if it's a 12 month payment. That's $960 Now you said this thing
1: you were doing was fun It turned out what you were doing was math
0: No, I said (laughs) I'm doing something fun with math Okay I thought that's what I said That's definitely what I meant I had
1: a good time Guys, rewind the show Figure out which of us is wrong I thought I heard Steve say he was doing something fun
0: It was fun for me (laughs)
1: Okay, so what did you figure You figured the price was $900? Yeah, somewhere around $900 No, there's no way There's no way
0: Uh, There's another one Another GNL on here that they're asking, um, someone's asking two thousand dollars for it. Payments are one hundred seventy-six dollars. That's again like twelve months of payment. It's actually eleven point three. months. So they're
1: asking two grand for a similar one. Similar yeah, well, a, no,
0: not a similar. I don't think think it was a similar. Maybe I just year. don't
1: know the 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 the
0: the true value of these
1: guitars when they're in pristine condition. Well, it
0: doesn't really matter what the true value of these guitars are in pristine condition. It seems like they're all over the map. Sure. Like I said, the lowest one in good condition, which had some like chipping that just looked like aging. Right, right. Was $1,000. This person's asking like maybe $900 for something that's been like, like you said, they took an orbital sander to it. If they want $900, what
1: they have to do (laughs) is they have to take it to someone and pay $250 to have it refinished.
0: Yeah. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Well, if you, had, if you had it refinished, do you think that would actually like increase the value of this? Or would you still say like... If oh. it was a good refin, I think it would. Right. Okay. I can agree you with that. You can't do
1: a home refin on this and expect it to increase the value. But if you took it to a pro and had them do a good refin, which I priced a decade ago a refin, and it was like 250 It might be more now. So you're
0: saying... Pro refin versus amateur refin,
1: exactly, and all that right. really makes all the difference in the tone of your guitar, whether it's a pro refin or mm, amateur. Yeah, yeah, and it really shows the audience if you mean business or not. <laughs> Let's get down to business. Let's get out of here, man. Tell yeah. me about the song. Uh,
0: this song was sent by Bruce Kumquat. You said it's for his friend's band. They're called Ourselves Alone, and uh, this song is called Stiff Jazz. I listened to this. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, he sent me notes on it, and it was just the same as what you have. So, oh, cool. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Yeah, this song was a bunch of fun. It's very mathy, very busy, and like kind of like quick and shreddy. Uh, it's okay. a fun listen. I think everyone's gonna like it. All right. Uh, thanks for sending in. Ah, in, uh, can't talk. Thanks for sending in the song, Bruce. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye bye. Later.